0: Dear folks, we told you we had living, breathing monstrosities. You laughed at them, shuddered at them, and yet, but for the accident of birth, you might be even as they are. Coming to you from a bunker in the Pacific Northwest, this is Mikey. And Carly. And this is the Midnight Picture Show. Hello. Hello. <laughs>
1: I thought you were gonna say something. No, (laughs) silence. Just silence. Crickets.
0: Uh, Hello, fair listeners. Here we are, episode six. Yes. The movie we watched this week was is. (laughs) I I to say it. The legendary, (laughs) the incomparable, what? Freaks. Freaks.
1: (laughs) I can say it this time. Yay, freaks!
0: (laughs) This movie from 1932 is a staple of of cult movies of midnight movies I saw this movie a couple of years ago uh, it was suggested to me by someone I, I met at work and but it, he mentioned to me that this was uh, pre-code Hollywood and the way he talked about pre-code Hollywood is almost like it made it sound like it was something like dirty something
1: uh-huh. That like like it was it was tricky.
0: like like kind of like when you see a DVD and it's like unrated the yeah, unrated yeah, version
1: yeah
0: uh, so I did some research on what pre code meant um, and basically for for those of us uh, who are new to this kind of idea which is me yeah so I'm
1: very much I Mike had to explain what. Pre-code. And right. I think that helps a lot to understand this movie and kind of the time it was made.
0: Right. Put it in a different yeah, context. It totally does. Yeah.
1: Especially because for us, we're so used to like G, PG, P-B- PG-13. R- and that did was not the case. Right. That didn't even exist yet.
0: A pre-code movie means it was made before the motion picture production code censorship guidelines. Basically, there was a version kind of like the FCC for movies and there was like a head sensor literally called a head sensor that changed what was able to be shown in motion pictures to as to not promote immoral behavior and eventually this kind of code was replaced by the film rating system that we have today in 1968. Uh, which is G, PG, PG Mm PG-13, NC-17, R, stuff like that. Now, this
1: is the U.S. This is the U.S. Specifically the U.S.
0: Other countries, uh, especially ones like uh, the U.K. and Ireland, they have their own own kind of rating systems. But this was a pre-code movie that, in a sense, kind of sets the scene for everything else in this uh, as to what is shown, what is discussed, especially uh, when you're taking into account an audience from the early 1930s and uh, i already kind of stepped on my own toes because what <laughs> i what i said to carly before i got started uh, recording this episode is i am going to try everything in my power possible to not turn this into a film history episode oh because my gosh there is this movie is so incredibly loaded with things that set the stage yeah. for everything we do and talk about yeah. in this podcast. Yeah.
1: When he told me that I was like, "Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I'll keep I'll keep you in check." No, because it's now <laughs> it is hard. The stuff that I looked up, now I'm going to have a hard time keeping it concise
0: right right it's so the the thing about freaks is you know i didn't realize i when i first saw this movie i was very like i was very dismissive about it. i watched it and i just kind of thought of it as just like some old movie whatever after learning a little bit about it and kind of watching it a second time and really taking the time to absorb what is the story that's being told it is there's so much to this it's so deep Mm-hmm. there's, especially for the time period, It compared to a lot of the movies of today, it's pretty tame, I would oh, say. yeah. I would, it's pretty... Yeah, yeah. It, You know, I would say that there are some scenes that are not really the most interesting and the most engaging, but it, definitely to a modern audience, this is like, meh, whatever, you know? Yeah. But compared yeah, to... Yeah. Slice of you, life, kind of. Right. If you look at it in like the time frame of the 1930s, 1932... I think it really changes the whole perspective. So, with that being said, although we kind of dabbled in already, <laughs> I know
1: I feel like it's important that with all of this said, we should talk about the movie. Like, yes, so you understand so the you context. So you know what we're talking about. Jeez, you're like, why is it? Why are they so? Oh my gosh. Why are they so intrigued by Was this, this, this movie? A what is snuff this film? even about? Oh my god! Oh my god!
0: So, <laughs> without further ado, it's time for the autopsy report. <laughs> So let's just jump right in. Directed by Todd Browning, the legendary director of the original Dracula, starring Bella Lugosi, the famous picture from 1931, done for Universal. Uh, Freaks originally was based on a short story called Spurs by a writer named Todd Robbins.
1: I actually did not know that.
0: Yeah. Oh. And and the basically, the whole first half of Spurs, the short story, is almost identical to what we see in the movie. The ending gets a little weird. Er. It gets a little funky. But actually, the the ending to Freaks is way, 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 way better than the ending to Spurs, oh, the right. story, in my opinion. Right. Um, this movie starred Wallace Ford as Furoso the Clown, Leela hyams as venus and olga baklanova as cleopatra and i think uh olga baklanova is probably one of the the i don't know i think she was like the biggest name at the time in this movie
1: maybe because i feel like Layla haim
0: H Y A M S Hayam
1: whatever i actually recognize her name over anybody else's Mm. name but that being said, I recognize it, but I couldn't tell you what movie she's been in. Right. But I do feel like if we were to look up an IMDb, her and probably Olga, mm-hmm. because that's the one you saw, she had been in several things.
0: Right. She'd pro- they
1: would probably be in a lot of like Turner Classic movies that we. Oh yeah, know.
0: for yeah. sure. I think what Lila was American. Yeah. And Olga was German.
1: German or Austrian
0: or something to that yeah. effect. Yeah. She was European. And so this movie that we're going to get into kind of the plot and why it really speaks to us, this movie, what we're trying to do with this podcast in general, as if maybe we weren't clear enough <laughs> in the beginning, the first five episodes, a lot of times these kind of like horror movies, cult movies are dismissed by, I would say, you know, the regular movie going crowd. None, mm-hmm. uh, Not a lot of these have ever won Oscars or... Some reason, uh, some odd reason, they speak to us. (laughs) Yes, they. There's something about them that draws us in, and I think there is something to be said that that's the case for I think a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And the the reason that I feel like if we can't continue doing this podcast until we talk about freaks, because in the nineteen, it is. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's like a staple. In the 1930s, a lot of movie studios were not pumping out movie after movie after movie, much like they do today. Uh, It was very similar to kind of how things were during, you know, COVID, where things kind of came to a standstill. The C word. The C word. In the 30s, a lot of theaters would show low-budget movies as almost like a sideshow act, and they would show these late-night, midnight things, midnight premieres, and this kind of carried all the way through to the 50s. You know, in the beginning it was just kind of low budget movies, gangster films, noir films, and then in the fifties it turned into these kind of like horror movies. In the eighties it was these kind of like cheesy slasher movies. But basically Freaks was the first one that they started showing as as a late night feature, as a quote unquote midnight movie. And that was kind of the beginning of all of these kind of movies where they don't have the greatest budget, don't have the greatest actors, but it's kind of like a a work of passion, something that, you know, your your love letter to the genre, very mm-hmm. genre pieces. So that is one of the reasons why I'm I thought I didn't want it to be our first episode. I thought, "Hey, listen, we cannot continue this until we talk about freaks cuz we're just going to be sitting here just talking about stuff that is is fun and exciting, but you know we need to be grounded in the original, the original kind of where this all began. So the the synopsis of this it's it's a very short movie. I think the oh, one it was time an is like hour and four minutes. Hour and four minutes, yeah, yeah.
1: It was very quick.
0: And w- after credits and all that kind of stuff, it's basically it's, it's like it's an hour, like an hour. So uh, the synopsis is when trapeze artist Cleopatra learns that a circus midget hans has a large inheritance she marries him all the while planning to steal his fortune and run off with her lover hercules the strongman when hans's friends and fellow performers discover her plan they band together and carry out a brutal revenge they kill hercules and disfigure cleopatra permanently
1: well i was just gonna say that like they start the movie by saying that cleopatra was once because it it, the whole movie is basically a flashback right right so they start the movie saying that like she was once the most beautiful woman in the world mm-hmm. and people would come from miles around just to see her because she was absolutely stunning
0: right. and so
1: then by the end of the movie they disfigured her and now she's like a freaky
0: bird yeah, it's, it, lady thing it, it, was, it was a little odd I, I, it reminded
1: could... me of Zelda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, with the bird people. The bird I what, people. cuckoos. Yeah.
1: Ucus. They,
0: they basically. So when you first see her.
1: Yeah, um, she was very pretty.
0: Well, in the, the very first, before the flashback, it, oh, they don't show her. They don't they show her. Show they just show people. She screams. Yeah.
1: This, like, lady in the audience, like, Sees loses it. Sees her and, yeah. like,
0: freaks out. And yeah. so then,
1: of course, for me, the whole movie, I was like, what does she look like at the end? I need to know. I
0: know. I know. It's <laughs> And
1: then it was not worth the no, wait. No. It was no. very weird. But the,
0: yeah, the that's ending, neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. The, it did not live up to no. the height no. of that lady screaming. No. She looked and it's not like, I expect but, to see, like, a but. skeleton.
1: That, right, right, but that does go back to the audience at the time.
0: Yeah, right, of course.
1: Where it's, like, in your face. They were
0: sheltered from these kind yeah. of...
1: Well, and actually, I had an epiphany hmm. while you were talking about this, because obviously, when you think the 30s in the U.S., you, it's the Great Depression. Right. Right? I had a thought of why people may have been disgusted with this movie at the time, or it got such a negative reception, besides... The obvious of, like, showing these, like, sideshow performers mm-hmm. is perhaps people were spending money they don't really have to go to a theater because it's air-cooled.
0: Air-cooled, yep.
1: And so they want to get out of the heat. Right. Um, The D- Great Depression is literally, like... Rampant. Th- horrible, mm-hmm. you know. So perhaps they're going to the movie to escape reality. Right. Only to be forced to watch something that they wouldn't want to see at all
0: mm, like it, it holds an ugly mirror it, to you it because does it well and it yeah. kind of
1: turns you into the villain because mm-hmm. they're Without showing a, yeah. the sideshow performers in a normal light it's right. not making them look grotesque uh-huh. it's just showing them in everyday life right so then you as the viewer who is completely physically abled right watching it are you disgusted by it mm. well now you're the bad guy Right. You know? But I just have this idea of like why we like to go to Disneyland. Right. Like, we like to go to Disneyland because I say it recharges my happy meter.
0: Meter, right.
1: Because through the whole year, I'm getting pissed off at everybody. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So the last thing I want to do is escape somewhere Mm -hmm. just to be shown more things that piss me off. Right. So maybe in a sense that was part of why the I th- audience. I
0: think it's subversive. But all that yeah. being
1: said, I that was the quickest search ever. I don't know what other movies were coming out at the time, right? To kind of straight. I mean, for all I, I know, it could have been
0: a lot of those like Fred musicals. Astaire, and stuff. Yes, a so lot of those like Fred happy, Astaire. Lucky, yes, it's like forget about the forget depression. About your troubles. We're you gonna dance this, and be happy. Yeah, yeah, you
1: came into this theater, air cooled theater, yes, right? Let's escape to a happier time. Right. And then they're going into this and who knows how
0: it was advertised at the I time. I could imagine this is very un. this would be very unpopular at yeah. the time. People would go to watch like a night, you know Yeah. I should have seen the Fred of movie. Yeah. You know, that sucks. <laughs> dang it. Um which well so exactly what Carly was talking about rolls perfectly into my first notable scene. Oh, okay yeah. Uh for me, uh the first notable scene that, that comes up chronologically. Is it shows the side per- sideshow performers basically living their day to day life, and and it shows after one of their one of their performances, mm-hmm. it shows kind of like what happens on like the back lot of the yeah. quote unquote freak show well, they that, have all their caravans yeah
1: like that's even the thing is never once in the movie do they show you what they perform
0: this is true they yeah. never they I show mean, they that have the like circus the, is open the, her, her dancing on the table kind but, of oh no that but it was just like just seems during like she just likes dance
1: yeah that was the celebration yeah. but like they show they do show you the characters peeking through the curtain uh-huh. to watch the performance. Yeah. But you, as the viewer, never see it. No. So, really, the only thing you're seeing is their everyday life
0: yeah the the after hours if you will yeah. what the you know like uh when when the actors take off the makeup and the costumes kind of thing.
1: literally you do see that yeah they're taking the clowns the makeup off.
0: wiping his makeup yeah <laughs> probably so, with
1: turpentine yeah whatever <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: a magical
0: he just kept wiping and it went I don't know away what the hell that was he just kept wiping Oh my wiping. gosh i was like oh he don't have so many zits girl <laughs> he needs some proactive. So uh, so this scene, the, the particular scene I'm talking about, features Frances O'Connor, who is an, an armless girl born without arms, and she's eating dinner and drinking wine with her feet. There's also Prince Ronadon, who they call him the Living Torso, mm. a man born without arms or legs. And he lights a cigarette only using his mouth. And so...
1: He lights a match. He
0: lights a match. I can't even Wh- do that with no. my hands. It's like, right. on a good day and so so like it shows the 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 woman with the armless girl francis so she is she is using the fork with her toes uh picking up food eating it then she puts the fork down you know grips the wine glass Mm -hmm. with her toes drinks out and that's the thing is it showed these you know quote freaks in such a a normal manner like Like it
1: boring everyday right
0: this this kind of reminds me on an offset like you know it kind of reminds me of what people think of of people that like work in sex shops that they're (laughs) like the horniest people the nastiest people no and it's like anytime i've ever talked to anyone who's ever worked in a sex shop they they are like literally the most boring people like it's it's like pathetically boring (laughs) But yeah, like the living torso, he had the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, while he was resting his chin on the matchbox, struck the match with his lips,
1: while still with the cigarette, then
0: lit, like move his lips in such a way that he lit the cigarette. It was insane. I, I mean, and this, these kind of things only come from people that have lived their entire life like
1: this. Like for us watching it, we we were discussing while we were watching, like geez, that looks really hard. He's really talented. Right. And then we immediately were like, well, no, that's just, that's, that's, his, that's life. his life. That's, that's not, what he's always done. Yeah. That's his so everyday struggle. That right there was, was for me, a, a highlight of just human nature, like physically able people and then like physically disabled people
0: right. are the same. And they are they were side by side, you know? interacting, uh-huh. talking, uh-huh. you know, the, it, yeah.
1: And that it's just how you live your life. It's just the normal
0: so the next notable scene, which I think is probably the most most um, I guess, well known scene from this movie, is the dinner scene, the wedding reception. Oh yes. Uh basically Cleopatra marries Hans, one of the, the the midget performer, if you will. She gets drunk, and the performers start doing a chant. The idea is because you married one of our people, you are now part of our family. One of us, and this is this is something that to them we've it's seen... a legitimate
1: celebration. It is. They're it's very big, happy, very about excited it. about mm-hmm.
0: this, and like it reminds me of of something that I know, like RuPaul says on Drag Race mm. all the time: the idea of found family. Yeah, is you know a lot of times. People are born into families that are not supportive of them or their, their, their life or who they are as a person. And so it's kind of up to you as you grow and mature in the world to find your friends that are more like family than your actual family. And that's what this is, is Mm -hmm. a lot of my, my, I, you know, view of these these performers is that a lot of them were probably shunned by their family yeah. because they were born with a physical yeah. physical ailment or something. Well, and we
1: even see that in the beginning of the movie is two people like who own the land, I think. Right. Remember, it's like an aristocracy. It was like these two gentlemen, one of whom owns the land, is speaking to somebody and he says, like, well, they should have just drowned them at birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so a lot right. of these... Performers or these people were in a sense like rescued into this found family right. where they're finally accepted. Yeah, and so this like wedding ceremony, the fact that somebody who is uh has dwarfism, right, is he is genuinely in love with Cleopatra. Yeah, he's smitten. and she is not like it's she's, so fake. Yeah, but he and yeah. So all of the other performers are genuinely happy for them as a couple, and so they're having this big celebration. Um, and I mean, you can pick up with that.
0: I, I, you know, with the, yeah, I, well, so, so this is going to go into what I mentioned at the end of the last episode is that, that this scene and this movie actually has a pretty kind of storied history with the Ramones, which is like my favorite band of all time. And, and so in this movie, they refer to, there are four pinheads and they are four performers that um, have the, this, uh, I guess, medical condition called microcephaly. Hmm. And what it means is that they have a smaller than normal head and um, they have the cognitive ability of about a three-year-old. In wow. this movie, there are four pinheads and they, they keep their hair tied on a little top knot they kept them dressed in almost kind of like a, like a muumuu dress type thing. Loose
1: house dress. Loose
0: house dress. And, and I learned later on that this was mostly to just help with, Uh, With them going to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. Mm help keep them clean, because cognitively they were, uh, you know, three three years old, unable to take
1: care of themselves.
0: Yeah. And each one of them had their own handlers, if you will. Right. Um, But the most famous one was an actor, a performer named Schlitzie Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and Schlitzie Surtees, if you look this up.
1: Say that five times. Now, they don't
0: really know what his (laughs) actual name was. They don't know what his birth name was. Of course. This was... And he was a real actual sideshow performer. They all were. They all were. Every single uh, character in these... The the freaks were all sideshow performers. They were all actual sideshow... They were all performers. And he... They don't really know what his real birth name was. Or even where he was really born. Because when he was discovered on the sideshow circuit, he was labeled as the last the last oh, aztec, aztec child or something like to that effect so some people say he was born in new york some people say he was born in new mexico in Me- in in mexico and it was all over the place so there's a lot of loose information and honestly really that makes sense i yeah. mean
1: that's kind of another tell of the time of yeah. the importance of keeping track of records of people they deemed less than less
0: of course yeah. right The, uh, so, so how this has a connection to the Ramones, I'm just going to kind of blaze through this because as much as I love this little snippet of history, it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. So we're just going to kind of. Well,
1: and I've had it stuck in my head since we watched the movie.
0: So at the dinner, at the dinner scene, they chant.
1: The wedding reception. The wedding
0: reception, the dinner scene. Gooba Gabba, we accept you, one of us. And and they, what they do is they take this big glass chalice and they fill it with a bunch of champagne and drinks and stuff. All of their stuff, shared drinks. All of their shared drinks, and they call it a loving cup. And I guess it, it kind of gives you a, a peek on the inside culture of this circus life where it's like, hey, when we accept you, you take a sip out of the loving mm-hmm. cup and you, we accept you, one of us. Gooba gaba, we accept you, one of us. Uh-huh. And they chant this. So... When it's offered to Cleopatra, she's drunk and kind of disgusted. on a whole Disgusted. And she throws the glass, throws the the drink on them and says, and calls them dirty, slimy freaks. Basically, how this boils down to the Ramones. Obviously, if anyone has done any information. <laughs> I mean, or, that
1: should have immediately sounded familiar. It should
0: have, yeah. yeah. If anyone has, and, and of course, pinheads. Yeah, yeah. In this yeah. song, they use this line in their, their famous song, Pinheads. Uh, and so the Ramones had a notoriously strict manager that kept them busy with gigs and appearances because of this strict manager throughout their entire career. A lot of songs have come from it. I want to be sedated was a direct result from this strict manager, keeping them cooped up. I didn't know any of that. You could look up all kinds of stuff. But one rare day, there was an outdoor concert that was canceled because of a weather problem. And so the Ramones like didn't have anything to do that day, so they went into this art house cinema that was showing freaks. So they sat down, watched this movie, and for whatever reason, uh, it spoke to them as I'm sure it does for I'm sure it speaks
1: to a lot. It speaks of artistic, to a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people.
0: They incorporated the chant from the movie into their song Pinhead and they say gaba gaba we accept you one of us. Mm-hmm. And he says it very fast in the beginning of. So it took yeah. me many years to even figure out what the oh, hell I he was saying. Oh, I just was
1: singing gibberish. Yeah, exactly, right.
0: <laughs> in the movie Rock and Roll High School which features the Ramones it's a cult movie in it's own sense but honestly in my opinion the best parts of the entire movie were just the performances well I mean of course because it's like a con- it's like a well, low key yeah. concert movie I
1: mean that's like the Beatles movies yeah right right <laughs> the, the acting sucks can they
0: just play music there you go it's oh, right. good now um, in the movie Rock and Roll High School they perform the song Pinhead and at the end of the movie someone comes out with a schlitzy mask on really with a sign that says Gaba Gaba Hey, right? And this has become uh, this schlitzy mask, the big sign that says Gaba Gaba Hey has been associated with the Ramones basically throughout the rest of their career. And the Ramones liked this scene in the movie so much that they wanted to replicate it at their live shows. So their roadie, Mitch bubbles keller <laughs> mr keller bubbles. nickname was bubbles would come out on stage dressed as schlitzy with the mask Get oh, out. it started with the mask then it changed to the mask and he would come out wearing like a flower dress well that
1: makes sense yeah and
0: you come out wearing the sign when they started yeah basically <laughs> cosplaying cosplay. as schlitzy yeah <laughs> And one of the uh, aside from the American seal, you know the the uh, eagle oh, yeah. with the baseball bat yeah. and uh, the the famous Ramon seal, they from all- hey
1: ho let's hey go. ho
0: let's go. They yeah. the another famous Ramon's logo is an elongated pinhead skull. With crossbones. And it says the Ramones underneath.
1: Huh. I'm going to have to look yeah. this up. If I'm you see it, you may... I'm sure if I saw it, be like, oh! Exactly. I am so intrigued.
0: Yeah. Because and, and I that's... like the
1: Ramones. I just don't know, you know, I don't right. know that much about it.
0: For me, that kind of all boils down to, like, the same kind of thing. I was watching, when we were watching, I even said, there were so many moments in this movie. I was like, I understand why... The Ramones chose this as to associate themselves with because there's so many moments in this movie as goofy as it sounds. I was like, damn, that's like really punk rock. Yes. Yes. You
1: were saying that the whole movie. movie.
0: Because (laughs) I like so I did everything I could to sit there and watch this movie with a 1930s mindset. Which was
1: nigh impossible. Unpossible.
0: Two degrees. I'm I'm done with you. Two degrees. I'm done with you. (laughs) This girl can't speak. Uh, can we, can we get her? T- yep. Yep. Okay. Take the shot. Take the shot. <laughs> Take the shot.
1: No. No. Nye. Nye. It was
0: very difficult. It was hard. It was very difficult. It was
1: hard for my brain.
0: It was hard as is speaking. <laughs> as is speaking. To,
1: um, watch the movie in that mindset. I mm. continuously went back to what you were saying. Like, dude, this movie is amazing. Right. Or like, wow, this movie is so ahead of its right. time. Instead of a 1930s mindset I'm appalled of by this makes me uncomfortable.
0: Right. In a lot of the movies from the 30s that I've seen, they, you know, big names like Betty Page and all these not Betty Page, uh oh. Betty Davis. Oh, Betty okay, Page yes, all right, yes. Yeah. Well, Betty yeah. Davis. <laughs> you know, a lot of like the big name actresses like like Mae West and Betty Davis, all these kind of things, they sh- were were women of high stature being powerful Mm -hmm. in this movie. It shows like one of the, the circus performers who was like the seal wrangler, it shows her standing up to a lot of her male counterparts. Oh yeah,
1: totally. And I was
0: like, I was like, damn, is this like a low-key feminist movie?
1: Totally, though. Like, like it she had. was telling them off. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing is, if it's a woman of high stature who is aristocratic or she's a queen and she's like, oh, get it away, you scum, they're like, okay, that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. But when you have a woman who is considered on the lowest rung of society, standing up for herself it's like okay well and even then
1: she normally i would say those type of characters those type of female characters who stand up right um to like oppression are usually costumed or made to look not feminine right they're made to look more masculine. like yeah. a shrew. but she was very pretty yeah she was done up with her makeup was done right. her hair was done nice she was wearing nice clothes yeah you know, so yeah, it like really stood out that she looked very feminine. Yeah, but also standing up but to also the men, which was in really, a, really In a cool. role
0: of power, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, I, it was uh one thing I wanted to mention also as like a last point of this movie here was after the plot to kill Hans comes to light, because the idea is she wants to marry Hans. Kill him like by poisoning, and then eventually take his inheritance because he's a prince. He's a he, yeah. He's he's like like a low or prince or some kind of duke or something.
1: No, it said prince.
0: Oh, prince. Yeah,
1: legit said prince.
0: When the plot comes to light, to kill him in like to me I thought the whole energy of the movie changed oh
1: yes it It, it, shifted it
0: basically turned into like a like a paranoia film Mm -hmm. everywhere Cleopatra goes into her wagon caravan Mm -hmm. uh if she goes around the camp you see the other performers in in almost like a noir noir style watching her through like uh, through like blinds in a window or they're they're hiding underneath her mm -hmm. her stairs but like
1: they're hiding in plain sight.
0: They're, they're hiding like we know what you did, and
1: like you can see us.
0: We got you. Yeah. We got your number. We know Which, what you did.
1: Yeah. What I really like too is kind of like, well, if that's the kind of mindset you have about us, then we right. might as well
0: right live up you, to it. Just know we're living up know. to that expectation. Yeah. You saw. You think you saw us? We saw you. We see. You. Right. We Who's see. you. Who's the
1: slimy freak?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I Who? thought that was. I thought that was really really good. At how they did that. It. It changed, and I think that's... With, like,
1: no dialogue.
0: No, which makes it all the more terrifying.
1: Right! It's, like, psychological, but so good. So good.
0: I I think that the change of tone was yet another reason why I think this movie has stood the test of time. Uh You know, it has so much in it, and and I think, knowing what I know of Joey Ramone, knowing what I know of just you know, just me and my life. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this movie that spoke to me. If, if you see the kind of movies I like in my life, you'll, yeah. you could tell everything of, I know, everything about my life through the kind yeah. of entertainment yes. I consume. And, it's, and I, I don't know if that's true for everyone, but it is definitely true for me. Uh, I know Joey Ramone, as a person, he had severe agoraphobia, felt like a freak his whole life. One of the reasons he wore dark, heavy sunglasses, grew his hair out. He liked to basically be hidden in plain sight. Mm -hmm. And I think he felt like a freak his whole life. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite movies, aside... From the ones that we've talked about in this podcast is Rocky Horror Picture Show, which, you know, spoke to me as be proud of who you are. Let your freak flag fly. You know, I was in theater. I was one of the only guys in our theater class. And so there were times I got made fun of, uh, you know, even yeah. from my own family. Yes. There was, like, ridicule, like, oh, he's secretly gay or right. whatever. Like, there, were, I know there was talk behind my back of these kind of things. Um, and no and- one
1: else in our family's had that same experience. No.
0: No. Know? Everyone else in our family is kind of pretty
1: straight laced for the most for part. For the most part, so yeah. they
0: fit into their a puzzle piece. Their their They pick, have a niche. They have their niche and yeah. they filled it in.
1: And we were not in those niches. No. We no. were like a whole other puzzle.
0: Right. I mean exactly, and I think that's honestly. I think that's one of the things that brought us together Word. so early in our lives. But <laughs> I
1: suppose you're okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are right. <laughs> I mean, when you can't remember no one actor's oh, names, but whatever.
1: I mean, that speaks to our relationship that I can just stare at you and be like, you know, the guy, the guy, with the, thing. the guy with the hair, and, and the you're stuff. like, oh, Jeff Goldblum. I'm like, Boom. yes, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm I
0: so I mean, and that's the thing is, I feel like that's why I think this movie spoke to the Ramones. Yeah. Why I think it has spoke to people throughout history. Yes. Why it speaks to us is, you know, the the quote unquote gruesome atrocities you see on film are literally people doing the most normal things. Yeah. The the grotesque atrocities I witnessed in this film
1: were from the able bodied people. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
1: Well, and that kind of goes into so. I, I decided to research more of like why it was banned because it was banned in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um it never even premiered there ever until the 60s, um until 63. No, mm. 64, sorry. Right. Um and this movie came out in 32. So that's all, a little over 30 years. Wow. You know, and um it's this really interesting argument of is this an exploitation or an exploration
0: mm. of that's a good, that's sideshow. That's a good discussion there.
1: Right? And so, again, this is why I'm like, this could be a couple hours long discussion. I know. Discussion. I know. <laughs> Film history Welcome clan. to
0: film history um, with so Mike and Carly.
1: I'm going to kind of just leave it at that. But one thing that it was in 1932, um, in the UK, they had something called the BBFC, which is the British Board of Film Classification. Nice. Now, their quotation for why they did not allow this to screen, I was expecting it to say, like, it was grotesque. Mm -hmm. And actually, their reasonings was like, okay, and it kind of goes along with the exploitation versus exploration. They said that they wouldn't show this because it exploited, for commercial reasons, the deformed people that it claimed to dignify. Mm. And so, I mean, I'm going to kind of just leave it at that because I think... You guys as listeners, us having watched it, you guys should go watch it if you haven't already. Yeah, please Think do. Think about that because it is, it's like, it's just everyday life. They're not showing them like, at no point in time does the movie focus on them doing these things as weird. Right. It's never like, oh my gosh, he's lighting it with Can his you mouth. see this? Are you it's seeing just, this? just, they're just, there's even a point where they're having like one of the Two of the couples are having a date night. Right. And he pours her wine and hands it to her foot. Yeah. And it's the most normal thing ever. The most ever. normal looking thing. Yeah. And I, like the actors aren't, don't put on a show of, look at me handing you this glass of wine to your foot. It's right. just, here you go.
0: I You know, I think maybe what they're alluding to with that classification is that at the end, when they do attack cleopatra and eventually kill hercules yeah i think the idea is off the cuff like if you're looking like a knee-jerk reaction is these quote-unquote freaks are introduced as you know good good people normal uh you know civilized human beings but then in the end they show their true nature of being monsters because they kill but I, maybe to a 1932 audience, that's what it was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, you know, they, the movie tried to show them as normal, right. but, uh, but, but their we know true that's not nature, true. <laughs> Their true nature is evil. I don't, I honestly don't think that was the case because it, it to me, it showed them like getting revenge almost.
1: Yeah. Oh it, yeah. And, I mean, that could have been, it doesn't have to be sideshow people who had gotten this revenge. It could have been anybody. Well, so the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on is... So going off of what the BBFC said, right, is that it was exploitation. Exploitation. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the reason the U.S. was okay still showing it was exploration. They said that they thought it was culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Hmm. So... It's true. I, I, I can I, see that. I can see, I honestly can see the argument from either way. Yeah. I, and I think the main beast or villain, if you will, of the movie is just human nature.
0: Yeah. Because the, the I think fakeness. if she
1: had found, if Cleopatra had found out any of the performers, you know, able bodied or not, right. was this wealthy prince, right. she would have gone after them, regardless yeah. of who, who, it who it was. It just happened to be. Hans, who was uh had dwarfism.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and and Hans seemed to be the most respected of the group. Yes, he seemed seemed
1: like he was the ringleader.
0: Kind of. He. I mean, they
1: never showed a manager or ringleader type figure. Right. It seemed like it was him.
0: I mean, he honestly, he was the most respected, and he basically kept all the other ones in check. Not Mm -hmm. like not with an iron fist, but it was it was like it definitely is like a like a brotherhood amongst them. You yeah, know. it was a
1: mutual respect. That's kind of what the loving cup reminded me of too. Was like the blood brother.
0: Yeah, they all drink from the same cup.
1: Yeah, like how you share your blood. Mm-hmm. It's you drink from the same cup. Yeah, but I mean, it was all alcohol, so it's
0: like, hey, we can all turn. the germs
1: are gone. We so turn. Turn. <laughs> by the way, matter. by the way.
0: So I mean, now the most important part, I guess, is the rating. Oh crap! I mean, I, I so so I'm gonna so out of five loving cups. Cool. Okay. Okay. Out of five loving cups, I'm giving this four. And I'm only giving it four. I mean, we raved about this movie. I Mm -hmm. love it. Yes. But I'm a harsh, harsh critic when it comes to stuff. Mm. And there is a small, little tiny baby handful of movies that can earn a five out of five. Oh, see, I'm not
1: as strict.
0: I know. That's why, (laughs) that's why this is good. I mean, because even Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which I loved, yes. I only gave four. True. And there are, like, movies. Are we
1: ever going to watch a movie that you give a five? That you know right now you're giving oh, it a yeah.
0: five? Oh, yeah. One. Besides Rocky Horror. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> 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 we'll see. I mean, basically, a four is as high as it gets because... Unless it's Rocky unless Horror. Unless I, I think it needs to be a, a very, very good movie, but I also have to have some kind of history with it.
1: Well, yeah okay yeah. and that's just me. it has to affect you that's it how has i to, am and and
0: i mean this movie did i would say you need to be able to watch this movie at any time and i don't think i could do that i think i you know like rocky horror i could just like pop in no matter what and just be ready Yes, where this movie I have to like I said I had to prepare myself I had to like get in the mindset and only then did I appreciate it but if when I watched this movie the first time like two three years ago it probably wouldn't even gotten a two for me
1: right i would because agree because
0: i wasn't in the right mindset mm-hmm. i didn't know the history i didn't i didn't appreciate it for what it was honestly mm-hmm. and so that being said i think you know it needs to be a movie that you just pop on and be like damn i'm blown away i'm in there i'm in the scene i'm right. feeling it like i
1: know and i because a lot of times we'll just put movies on while yeah. we're doing other stuff yeah. and this is not one of those not movies. one of those you I, need would a, agree with yeah. that. I would agree with that for me i'm gonna give it a five Five out of, out of five. Five out of what? Mm, sideshow bunnies. Sideshow bunnies. Trapeze bunnies. Trapeze bunnies. Just bunnies. Bunnies. <laughs> Just <laughs> three three eyed bunnies. I don't know. Um,
0: Lo- loving cup bunnies. Loving
1: cup bunnies. bunnies that live in the loving cup. Aww. Um, no, I mean I would give it a five out of five because I I love as I'm sure you already know and I'm sure as our listeners are starting to learn about me is if it's cerebral, and I've been thinking about it. More than just the surface of the movie, right? Then, then it's a win for me. Um, I mean,
0: she has been talking about it nonstop. Oh
1: my gosh! I almost started talking to people at work about it.
0: Right? Like, I like, legit wanted
1: to hell? be like, "Have you ever seen this movie? You should go see this movie. <laughs> right. This movie is amazing." Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm I. It's one of those like things that I'm like should have, would have, could have. I wish. I wish I could do this. Is my grandma would have potentially seen this in the movie theater or at least heard about it and i wish she was still around today so i could ask i'm so interested to know from a person of that time what she had thought granted she grew up on a farm killing chickens so (laughs) (laughs) that's all she did she just killed
0: chickens no i think i I mean because it it would be interesting uh, to see a take of a person who actually lived
1: during the great during that time
0: as opposed to us who are like you know, we have the privilege of reviewing it as like art critics, you know what I'm saying? Yes, right. And it's, I mean, it's very different. It's just a different, you know. So (laughs) our next movie.
1: Yes, tell me, tell me. That we're
0: going to do. Because it's the end of summer.
1: Okay.
0: And we have spent basically this whole summer with our episodes, kind of jumping around different periods in time. I want to get back to the core. Yes. of, Of kind of what, we're doing with this yes and so the next movie is a summer camp slasher (gasps) classic perfect summertime horror film sleepaway camp
1: have we seen have i seen this
0: uh no you have not i have
1: well you've seen them all i mean most of them yeah but
0: sleepaway camp is very very well known for having an insane (laughs) twist at the end
1: Oh, okay. A crazy twist. twist. I like twist endings.
0: And that's actually basically the only reason this movie is well known because I think the rest of it is kind of like lackluster, but um, it is a typical in the vein of like Friday the 13th kind of like camp slasher movie. And it's from 1983, so we're jumping back to the 80s. Um, you know, I think the past, <laughs> I'm
1: the past
0: few movies we did were a little bit art yeah, house, yes, a little uh-huh, for sure. a little deep. I but think we it's time to go to, there sometimes. Yeah, we know? do, and yeah. I, but I think it's time to hop back into uh, something a little classic more slasher, goofy
1: something yeah, we can laugh at
0: something we can laugh at i don't know if it's that funny but the oh. ending the ending has a little freak factor too it. okay. it's a little freaky and Ooh, I, i'm excited and, um, though so you're gonna like it
1: um also i have news is i just created us a subreddit so if you are on reddit go check us out it is mps podcast m mps
0: midnight picture show podcast mps, podcast.
1: M-P-S. and it's a subreddit um, check it out. Yeah, and so I've been posting our new episodes every week, along with polls on whether or not you liked the movie. Not our podcast. You love us.
0: Yes, you do. <laughs> you love us.
1: But make sure you check that out. And, of course, you can always find us on Instagram at Midnight Picture
0: Show. That's right. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you, fair listeners.
1: Until next Friday. I already next forgot Friday. what we are watching.
0: Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway
1: Camp. Friday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. I'm excited. <laughs> we're going. We're going to camp, y'all.
1: Oh, get your sleeping bag.
0: Yep, salute your shorts.
1: Ah, salute your shorts. <laughs>